On this week's episode of the Here's a Guy podcast, we take a look back at this past week's game between the Steelers and the Browns and check in on which direction both teams are heading further into the season. So going into the Cleveland Browns game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I thought it was going to be a close game, but it ended up being a Steelers blowout, starting with a Minka Fitzpatrick 33-yard interception on the third play from scrimmage for the Browns. That more or less set the tone for the game as the Steelers would go on to win 38-7. to Originally, they started off kicking a field goal. Steelers haven't actually got points on their opening drive in, or touchdown on their opening drive in quite a while. With a, It wasn't really a questionable third and six play, but Roethlisberger thought Eric Ebron was going to go to the end zone. But instead, he got the, the, he tried to get the, like, he tried to turn and get the first down which was kind of just a questionable decision for Roethlisberger to the, why he thought he was going to go to the end zone. But, um, so they started off 3 nothing, and then, like I just said, the Minka pick six made it 10 to nothing, And then that more or less set the tone for the game. Um, the teams basically traded empty possessions for, like, two, two each, and then eventually Pittsburgh scored on a James Conner run to make it 17-0. Uh, James Washington was wide open on a 20-yard pass to make it 24-0. And before that pass, Baker Mayfield threw his second interception of the game. The Browns would get a little momentum when they scored seven points from Rashad Higgins, who was wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. But And then the Steelers had terrible clock management and gave the ball back to the Browns after Miles Garrett. Uh, increased his sack streak to five because he did get one on Roethlisberger before the second half ended. But he kicked, um, Baker Mayfield took a sack at the end of the half, so they had to punt it away, and then the Steelers just kneeled it to end the half. And then the Steelers went on a Claypool touchdown and a Benny Snell Jr. touchdown to score 14 more and answered, thus making the score 38-7. Baker Mayfield had two picks in the game, and he got sacked a ton. And then James Conner had his, had uh, a 100-yard game with one touchdown, making it nine straight games for Pittsburgh with a 100-yard rusher. Claypool had another great game with four receptions for 74 yards and one rushing touchdown. And Roethlisberger had a quiet day, but he didn't really need to do too much as he had three, three for 162 and one touchdown. And the Steelers kept Cream Hunt very quiet. He only had 13 carries for 40 yards. And Odell and Landry had, both didn't have good games as they weren't even the leading receiver. That was Hooper with five receptions for 52 yards. And they only ever got a few targets each. As for Baker Mayfield, obviously he threw those two interceptions. One was a pick six where the pick six he thought Minka Fitzpatrick was going to stay high safety and pre-play and Minka Pitsetchik was going to go low pre-play and he still threw it and it resulted in the pick six obviously obviously that was a bad decision of not altering the play or altering where he was going to throw the ball while reacting to <laughs> the defense mid-play and the second reception he actually made a good play to get out of the, the sacks by Dupree and Watt but then he just threw it up in the air for Mike Hilton to intercept it uh, and he also he took a lot of pressure and got sacked a lot he did have injured ribs going into the game, which seemed like it was played down by the media all week, but it seemed like it might have been more of a factor than it was. Um, for him going forward, 
there have been people saying that they should play Case Keenum uh, because Baker Mayfield on the year has 10 touchdowns and 6 interceptions now. Uh, but basically because they play the Bengals next, <laughs> I think they should just play Mayfield because they're probably going to win. Except if he's hurt, then if he's hurt, then they should obviously play Case Keenum. They probably would play Case Keenum because they wouldn't make the same mistake twice. But it seems like Baker Mayfield is healthy. Um, but looking at the Browns' schedule um, going forward, obviously they have the Bengals next week, which they should be able to win. I wouldn't, since it's the Browns, I wouldn't be that surprised if they lost. But I th I think they beat him. They beat him thirty-five to thirty in the um, first game they played against them. So I think they should probably. It'll probably be a good game. But um, they'll probably beat them. And then they have the Raiders, which they'll probably lose to the Raiders. So and then they have the bye week. So really, the only chances Baker Mayfield would be hit to have to bench would probably be if they lose the Bengals, then you'd probably be go, go Keenum, because even if they lose the Raiders, who are a good team, like, they're a good team, and then you have the bye week, and then the next opportunity for Baker to be benched would be the Texans and the Eagles, because those teams are sort of getting hot right now, even though they still only have one win on the season, so you'd have to wait until November 15th and November 22nd to actually see how they're playing. But potentially they have a chance to beat the Browns. And if Baker plays bad in one or both of those games, then that would be another opportunity for him to get benched. And the remaining games are Jacksonville, Tennessee, Ravens, Giants, Jets, and Steelers. So going through the list, I'd say Bengals win, Raiders lost, then the bye week. Then I'm unsure for Texas and Eagles because those teams might be a lot better by that point. But we'll just say they're wins. Uh, sure. So that would be five and three, and then seven and three, possibly eight and three. But then loss, loss, loss to the Titans, loss to Ravens would make it like eight and four. Giants and Jets, like, to, um, would probably be both wins. But you'd have to also you'd have to see how those two teams are playing by the time you got to those dates. And then the Steelers, which would be a loss, but the Steelers might play back up to that game if they've clinched or had just can't clinch anything, so they're locked in their spot. But I would say Browns probably have a chance to go 9-7 and seven on the season because they play a lot of bad teams. So if they don't Browns it, which they have in the past, uh, so it's not a guarantee, obviously, because it's the Cleveland Browns. But um, I think they have a chance to go 9-7, and seven, which would be an accomplishment in the sense that they made the playoffs. But um, not an accomplishment because they potentially will only beat bad teams on the season. So next year when they play a harder schedule, they'll still go. They'll go back to being a sub 500 team. So they wouldn't have made that much um, progress. Could I see Case Keenum coming in for the Browns this season? Um, like those scenarios I said, if he plays bad against the Bengals or the Texans and Eagles coming up, then those would probably be the most times you might see Case Keenum start a game. I don't I don't know if Case yeah, I'd give it like 50-50 odds that Case Keenum starts a game for the Browns this season.
now looking ahead at the Steelers' schedule, they have the Titans the next game, which they are 52% chance, according to ESPN, to win. It is on the road, which will be a test for them. This is their first, besides the Browns, which you could argue was a test or wasn't a test, but this will be their first real test on the season. The Titans have looked good in one victory, but not like they've had to come back or win close ones for the rest of them. But they are 5-0, and and you know, Derrick Henry's really good. Ryan Tannehill's been really good. But, yes, they, they did beat Buffalo <laughs> soundly, but they just had to came, come back and win against the, the Texans. So um, we'll see how the Steelers can do. But, obviously, the Steelers with a great offense with emerging Chase Claypool, which was their fourth receiver going into the season. Um, and now he's their best receiver right now. But they have four receivers, such as Juju, Washington, Johnson's coming back, and then Claypool, and also Raymond McLeod is their gadget guy. So I think you could argue that their offense is better than Cleveland's. Um, people have been having an argument with me. I think the Steelers actually are better by a little bit, just because their receiver depth is a lot better. And their running back is only marginally worse than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But as for the Steelers' schedule going forward, they're obviously 5-0 and right now. So the Titans, the Ravens, are their tough sketch, uh, stretch. But if they can win those two games, Cowboys are easy, Bengals are easy, and Jacksonville is easy. Then they play the Ravens again. Then they play Washington, which is easy. Then Bills are easy. Their Bills aren't Bills aren't easy. Bills are one of their test games. Bengals are easy. Colts, we'll have to see how good the Colts are at that time, December 27th, but as of now, it's 4-2, and two, so that'd be a test, tough game. And then by January 3rd, we'll see how good the Browns are, and we'll also see if Pittsburgh needs to play that game. But I would say, conservatively, probably they'll be 12-4, and four, maybe 11-5 if they need to play the Cleveland game, or they just purposely play backups and lose the Cleveland game. But 12-4 and four and 11-5 seem uh, pretty good. On the season going in for a Steelers team, which was really underrated by the media. Why they were was probably just because people thought Roethlisberger might not be able to play up to par. And obviously they didn't know about Chase Claypool being a god. But I don't know, did people just not do like research on this procedure that Roethlisberger had? Or did they just think he was going to be like rusty coming in? But because I always thought they were going to be... Uh, a force because they went eight and eight with a backup and they still have the same same defense. <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick proved he can still be a force. Um, people were discussing if Minka Fitzpatrick was still any good, but obviously he only got targeted four times before the Browns game. And you see when he did get targeted, he got the pick six. But yeah, I was saying that they'd probably go like eleven and five at least, and then people are arguing saying eight and eight. But I can only see eight and eight if Roethlisberger was bad because, like I said, they improved their offense with Claypool and brought in a healthy roster now and their defense still stayed the same as dominant. Also maybe people thought their defense wouldn't be as good, but they proved they're definitely as good. But it will be a tough game against the Titans this weekend. Like I said, the battle of five and O teams. I'll say Pittsburgh wins at 24-20-27. 24, 27, 20. Uh, the real key to winning would be Derrick Henry. Uh, stopping Derrick Henry, obviously. 
and then not allowing Tannehill to because Tannehill's not gonna throw like downfield too too much so really it'll be tackling the guys off the screens like if they can wrap up and tackle and not allow them to get loose then they'll have, definitely have a great chance of of winning as for the Browns I think they'll they'll have a fairly easy time against the Bengals I'll say 30 to 23 I'll say they win by a touchdown but I could see the Bengals winning just because it's the Browns. We hope you enjoyed this edition of this week's Here's a Guy podcast. Thank you for listening.